Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my guest, Rachel Kona, on the line with us today. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, Can you give us just a little quick introduction to the listeners on who you are? Sure. So I'm a writer and entrepreneur, and um, I've written for um, everyone from New York Times to Allure to Maxim, and I started a stationery and gift business, and I've been doing that for the past few years. And yeah, that's my story. Very cool. Very cool. Um, obviously, I was super excited to have you on the line uh, today. Uh, we connected on the uh, Go Wildcast platform, and we have got a lot of similarities. I used to do a little bit of writing on the internet myself. Obviously, nothing as prestigious as the New York Times, but I did do some relationship writing for places like Elite Daily, Thought Catalog, that kind of whole uh, you know, spiel. Um what struck me so much about you was this incredible kind of wild breakup story about how, well, why don't you go ahead and tell the story about how you and one of your previous relationships ended. I don't, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> sure. Um, so I was dumped on a sticky note and, um, and he did not watch Sex and the City. So it was definitely not from that. <laughs> um, basically, I had an ex-boyfriend that would leave me um, sticky notes all over his apartment and they were like cute you know they say things like um i love you more than all the stars in the universe so like cutesy stuff like that but um what happened was i decided to sort of one up him on the sticky note game and so i would try to leave sticky notes that were a little bit more like saucy i guess you could say i mean i think one of my first ones is you make me want to shave my legs but i had a lot of other ones that are like uh, more PG-13. Uh, yeah, that were more like rated R and PG-13. And so I kept leaving the sticky notes around the house and I started to compile um, a list on my phone mm-hmm. of future sticky notes um, that I thought would be good. So uh, we were dating for a while and then, you know, things kind of got like rough. There was like a rough patch and we broke up um, and we broke up unbeknownst to me because I came home one day and I found all of my stuff with a sticky note on it that said, I can't do this anymore. Wow. And I was like, are you kidding me? So after I did like freaked out and like went to his apartment and like banged on the door and did all this stuff <laughs> and like drank wine and all that, I was like, okay, well, I have this list of ideas and what am I going to do with them? Cause I'm like, they're really good ideas. And it feels like a waste to just leave them sitting here on my phone or just like, I don't know, wait around for the next guy. So I was like, huh, I wonder if these would be good on greeting cards. Mm -hmm. So I started making greeting cards. I knew absolutely nothing about selling anything. I made an Etsy store and I literally printed out all the cards on my printer, designed everything on Microsoft Word. So actually took the photographs of them. Like I had no concept of like Photoshop, Illustrator, right. mock-ups, like any of that. So I did all of that and um, it kind of took off pretty quickly. I was um, surprised and didn't really see that coming. So then I thought maybe I should take this seriously. So I started uh, trying to approach stores and I did that and I got into Ricky's, which is now defunct, but is a big chain store in New York. Yeah. And I got some press in Cosmo and 
those two things made me think, huh, I guess I should take this seriously. And so I did. And here I am. That is absolutely the coolest, most amazing thing I've ever heard. Slash talk about (laughs) making lemons, you know, lemonade out of lemons. Obviously you can't make lemons, but (laughs) that's so, I mean, that's awesome. Um, Give me like kind of like a little bit of a backstory. So were, were you a writer prior like have you always been a writer like what was like kind of your career path like I feel like the two are obviously like sort of heavily intertwined right so I'm kind of curious how your writing background kind of um, fed into this like additional creative outlet of yours yeah so I have worked in fashion and um, I started writing like on the side um, just because all my friends were like you have all these like random like funny stories like you should write them down or something Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I just like on a whim, we were like closed during Christmas. Um, The office was, so I had all this time on my hands and I was like, I'm just going to write whatever comes to mind. So I did. And um, I gave it to, um, I gave the stories that I wrote to my boss, which was kind of weird. Uh, But he was like, because everyone was like, what did you do over Christmas break? And everyone was talking. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I just like wrote a bunch of stuff. And my boss was like, oh, can I read it? I have nothing to do on my plane trip uh, to Europe or whatever. So total fluke. I gave it to him, like not thinking anything. I kind of just wrote it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called me on the way to the airport. And he's, or yeah, I think he's on the way to the airport. He's like, I already started reading it before I got on the plane. He's like, you're funny. He's like, you should be writing for real. I mean, which is kind of funny because it was a conflict of interest if you think about it like my boss telling me like i should go be a writer yeah right um <laughs> don't do your so, job yeah <laughs> do something else yeah exactly so he was i was like oh okay so then that pushed me to take it more seriously and um i started freelancing and then worked my way into writing for um, publications and then so when i when it came to the whole you know stationary gift thing I was already pretty solid in the fact that like, I can write, mm-hmm. you know, and that this is a different kind of writing, um, but I can do it. That's pretty cool. I mean, I think the greeting card industry is like a multi-billion dollar in- industry. So it's like, yeah, what a genius kind of pivot and like, you know, add on to an existing career. Like, that's so cool. Um, obviously, I would imagine you get like entirely different kind of um, joy out of doing both things, right? So like the creative outlet of writing and also like the entrepreneurial side of things um, with the business. Um, How do you like kind of navigate your time schedule, like devoting, you know, X number of hours per day for writing and X number of hours per day for your company? Like, how's that kind of like work for you? Um, Well, the company takes most of my time. That's where, you know, most of my income comes from. I Mm -hmm. think I know there are people that are full-time freelance writers. Um, God bless them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how they do it because it's a lot of like, I don't know. It's a lot of drudgery. If you ask me, like I kind of just write whatever I want to, like when the mood strikes me, like, Oh, I have an idea for an article and I'll pitch it to um blah, 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 editors and mm-hmm. see if anything gets picked up. But it's not um, something that I'm constantly doing to pay the bills. I think that would probably make it less enjoyable. So that's kind of more of, um, I guess, like authentic self-expression, for lack of a better Ooh, phrase. I like that. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, because there were points when I was still in fashion that I was kind of churning out that those kind of like 
clickbaity type of articles just to like build up my portfolio and like make some extra money so I could like save it and quit at some point. Right. Um, but now I don't really do that. So yeah, it's kind of just more like fun, that's I guess. Um, well, you also yeah. built you also built your career yourself. So I think that's kind of cool. It's also like flexing a sort of different kind of creative muscle in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're they're related, but they're different. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's cool. And then I, so with the business, I don't always get to be creative because there's a lot of like, you know, admin kind of stuff that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of like manage people. So my favorite thing to do is the creative part, but that isn't most of my day, to be honest. Most of it is just like paperwork. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just kind of TPS stuff reports. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. But I still enjoy it. It's just a, it's a different kind of. Yeah, well, when you're the boss, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. So if you don't yeah. do it, nobody else is going to. So that's I mean that's understandable. I uh, I've started a couple companies. I've done worn a billion different hats in in the uh, work life uh, area, and there is a lot of freedom to being your own boss, and there is a lot of I don't want to say fear, but like, you know, there is inherent trepidation on like, if I don't deliver on this, like nobody else is. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. How do you find like, so I, I little backstory. I worked in corporate America for years, right in the middle of COVID. I got laid off from my job. And then I kind of decided at that point that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I was going to channel my passion for photography and turn it into a career and then Mm -hmm. about nine months later came the podcast and i'm kind of living this dual life of doing two things that i love tremendously to like sustain my life which is incredible and it's so fulfilling but you know there is good days and bad days like anything and when i'm the sole you know proprietor individual responsible for all these things it could feel like a lot of pressure um so kind of talk to me about like how that shift was for you when you went from you know working in fashion to being your own boss and kind of starting your own company yeah definitely a lot of pressure when i quit um i i did save a bunch of money so that made me feel a little better but i'm also the kind of person that like i couldn't have saved enough money (laughs) so like you know there was i was always gonna have a little bit of uh, nervous energy around it. But um, I was just like, after a certain point of just being miserable at my job, I was like, I have to trust my intuition. I have to trust like, you know, what I think the universe is telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I did. I mean, one, I was just kind of like miserable. So there was that. And that kind of was fast forwarding in my mind, like, okay, if I stayed at this job, what's my life going to look like? And just realizing it would be horrendous. So, um, I was how, like, how much of a catalyst was the breakup? Um, to quit or, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it wasn't a, a catalyst at all oh, because interesting. yeah, no, it didn't really have anything to do with it. It was more a matter of, can I sustain this, um, financially if I quit my very good job? Gotcha. Um, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a catalyst to start the company basically. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of just asked for a sign. I was like, okay, I need a sign. Like one that's really, really clear that I need to quit. <laughs> and I think a few days later, um, I had a situation with somebody uh, that I was working with and it was just so r- ridiculous and so bad. They were trying to like accuse me of something. And I had like 
all the emails and everything to like back it up and to prove that the person was wrong and I was right and, and all this stuff. But um, since it was a client, my boss was like, well, you have to be nice to them. And I was like, I was like, I'm done. You know, like this <laughs> person call, is like out to get me. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're calling me a liar when I literally have all of this in writing and I showed it to my boss and he's like, you're right. You are, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but you have to be nicer. And I was like, I don't know how to be nicer. Like I was nice. So I was, you know, I, it was just that I was working with models. So I don't know if that probably explains a little more. Sure, very yeah. temperamental. It certainly does. Demanding, <laughs> annoying humans. As a photographer. So, um, yes, it certainly does. <laughs> oh, then you, then you totally know. I do. Yeah. And so it was just like a model complaining. And I was like, no, I don't have the time for this. So that was the thing that made me just quit because it, it just really set me right over the edge of the crying. And I'm like, I hate this. Um, so I quit. And, um, when I quit, my boss was super supportive. Everyone was actually really nice about it, which was cool. And, and, rare, and um, very rare. Very rare. I was really surprised. He was like, do you want me to help you? Like, you want me to call Urban Outfitters? And I was like, wow. oh, my God. Like, I am really lucky. Like, wow, nobody gets yeah. to quit like this. Oh, my God. I had to go in the, yeah, I had to go in the way party. So I have a good like, work karma. So um, That's great. Yeah. So I, I quit. And then, interestingly enough, a client not a model, but a client actually reached out to me and was like, do you want to do copywriting for us? Cause I had sent out a mass email saying I'm leaving and here's my contact info and this is what I'll be doing. And uh, they're like, we want to put you on retainer for a year. So funnily enough, it, it did feel like I was being supported by whatever the universe, whatever you want to call it, because um, that year of being on a retainer copywriting kind of made me feel a little bit more secure about quitting and kind of being able to like build up my business without freaking out and worrying about, Oh my God, like I've got to make X amount of money. and da-da-da. Like it really just gave me that sort of com- like cushion, I guess you could say. That's super awesome. I mean, that's, that's fucking so cool. I love that. Um, it's funny. So uh, on a podcast that I had that dropped today, I had a woman by the name of uh, Betsy Paik on the line and she mm-hmm. is like a, subconscious expert like uh you know changing your subconscious she's like a board certified nlp trainer and we were talking about how and i'm gonna butcher the percentages but like what percentage of our brain that we use and what percentage of that uh percent is brought up of you know conscious thought and subconscious thought and basically Mm -hmm what I learned because I had no idea. But if you're like an innately positive person who has like these positive beliefs that you're going to be successful and everything's going to work out for you, whether it's work wise, dating wise, relationships, et cetera, it tends Mm -hmm. to happen. And it's funny because I'm sort of living that now. Like I've accidentally manifested this wonderful life for myself that I'd never imagined possible. And it sounds like you sort of did the same thing. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. Like if you, if you believe it, it's probably going to happen. So, and I've experienced that many times and I've also experienced the opposite of like not believing it and watching things fall apart. So, um, yeah. So I'm trying to be really good about just like staying positive about all things. I mean, it's not always easy, but, um, but I try to, and to keep, to keep bringing, um, you know, keep the business flowing and the writing career and all that stuff. What gives you confidence from like a writing perspective? Because I struggled a lot when I was writing often in, I guess it was a little bit more imposter syndrome than confidence issues. But like I would write an article that would go viral or get a whole bunch of shares and likes and like think that, oh, this is still not good kind of thing. How do you Mm -hmm. like deal with that, you know, 
I would imagine it's mostly creatives who have this like ingrained self doubt kind of thing. How do you deal with stuff like that? Um, to be honest, writing wise, I've never really had that. Oh um, God bless you. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking you. amazing. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't, I mean, I've, I've had a, heard a lot of other writers say that, but I never, I guess ignorance is bliss in a way because, I never thought about it. Like everyone told me, I started writing because my friends were like, oh, you have funny stories. And I'd heard it for years. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll write. Like <laughs> it wasn't like I was like, I don't know, thinking I was going to be like the next Toni Morrison or something. Like I was just right. like, oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start writing. And then, you know, even at my boss being like, being like oddly very supportive of like everything I've ever done, mm-hmm. um, being like, you know what? can you send me that to read? Cause like, I don't have anything to read on this plane ride or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then him being like, Oh my God, this is so funny. Like it all was kind of accidental and people kind of were like, always like pushing me to do it. Um, so I, and I never had like a master plan. I just kind of was like, all right, I guess. And so I never had time to sit there and go like, yeah. Am I an imposter? Like, am I not? Like, you know what I mean? I didn't care. I guess you were I just didn't doing care it. about it enough. Yeah. I was just doing it. So, and I didn't really put much stock in it and didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. Um, so, um, and then, you know, when I started thinking like, oh, maybe I'll try to get like published in a magazine. I just kind of read like, what is the, the formula to do that? And then I just did that. And so it was just kind of putting one step in front of the other. But yeah, I guess. And I guess that's true of a lot of things. Like if you think about it, like if you don't really care that much, you're not that desperate for it, you'll probably get it. But it's that thing that you're like desperate to get. That's very difficult to get. Yeah. So I think that's kind of more. That's so like on the nose. (laughs) That's such like an appropriately on the nose, like uh, analogy. Like that's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely (laughs) things that I, I feel like I've really wanted and I'm like, why isn't it here yet? But. Um, you know, it's probably some of that, that same energy, but like in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, speaking of something that, you know, I really want and am looking for, I'm a 30, almost, well, geez, my birthday's in two weeks. So I'm, and I'm an almost 36 year old single guy. Um, I'm not sure what your current relationship status is, but I'm really curious how you took like that breakup that kind of spurred on a number of creative outlets for yourself and then like dealt with that relationally wise. So like, I don't know if you're married or your current status, but can you kind of talk to me about like what your dating life has been like over the years or just like since that wonderful sticky note breakup? (laughs) Um, yeah, that breakup was a little hard at the time. Um, but now of course I'm like, well, thank God that happened. Mm -hmm. That would have been a disaster if we stayed together. Um, but yeah, at the time it was hard because like, you know, we talked about getting married and all that stuff. And then that didn't happen. Um, and then after that, I mean, I've dated guys long-term, but like nothing has really ever panned out. And I also have to say, like, looking back, I'm also glad none of them panned out because (laughs) they all would have been disasters. Um, so right now I'm single, but I'm, I think for the first time, I'm honestly, I kind of don't care. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't, Yeah, you know, like I, mean, I do in the sense of like, Oh, be nice to have someone to go to the movies with, but not in the sense of like, Oh my God, like I need a relationship. Like not like yeah. that. Um, well that comes so, with, I mean, at least for me, yeah. it's come a lot with age. Like I'm super comfortable in my own skin. Like I've become a super like 
confident, comfortable person in who I am and like the qualities that I have about myself that if I meet someone, it's just going to add to my life. It's not something that's going to be like something that I need. It's only going to make it better. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am. Like, you know, I'm looking for the icing on the cake rather than, I don't know, the ingredients. <laughs> the cake. I don't know if that's a great analogy, but like. You got the I, cake I, you baked. Know, you just need someone to. Oh, my God. That's a. No, that's, that's not. Yeah, I was like, no, that's not right either. That's not what I meant. going to stop but, and I mean, cut you know what that I mean. one. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I just like. No, I realized, too. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I yeah, you I know what, what I mean. Say. You like, want the cherry on top. Like, you want right, exactly. Yeah. Everything's good. Right. Not, you know, right. Not the whole you complete me, <laughs> right. Jerry Maguire thing. But yeah. just yeah, someone just easy to be around and chill and not like I don't know. They they've dealt with their whatever emotional trauma they needed to deal with, and you yeah. know what I mean, like that kind of stuff. So. Oh, for sure. So yeah. I've I found that like so I've been doing therapy for a couple of years now and it has been transformative in so many areas of my life, let alone like my dating life, because I'm no longer carrying like the past traumas of like shitty relationships into new ones. Mm-hmm. Like you leave them where they right. belong in the past, and I, you know right. obviously e- way easier said than done. Some people don't have you know therapists and or access to therapy and or whatever but it has been a wonderful experience for me um how have you felt like dating wise and like etc over the course of the pandemic um i don't know i feel like the pandemic has been kind of weird for dating <laughs> i mean some people i know have met people but i don't know it felt like it was just harder to get together with people i mean now it's different because mm-hmm you know, people are out and about again, but like during the thick of it, it it just felt like everyone wanted to stay at home and not really do a whole lot. Um, And a lot of people were moving around. I was moving around too. I was kind of all over the place. Um, Like, you know, I know so many people that like left and went to their parents' house or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. So, or just left and just decided to move out of the city or whatever it is. So um, I don't know. I didn't really find it. Like I had a lot of video dates. Yeah. Um, How weird were those? The worst. They were pretty weird. Yeah, uh, I didn't enjoy it at all. They were pretty weird. <laughs> there, was, like, there was actually like a few that were not bad, but re- then like, but then it just never materialized. Yeah. Never, yeah, never materialized into a date. And then I was kind of like, well, whatever. I mean, nothing that was like mind-blowingly spectacular or anything like that. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I hate FaceTiming like my friends and our family. And I was like, I'm going to do with this with a person i've never met before i was like thank god we like agreed to start drinking before we did the video chat dates i was like this is so fucking weird <laughs> like digitally meeting yeah. someone before meeting them in real life i was like this is just 2020 in a nutshell <laughs> right yeah it, it was it was weird to say the least so uh yeah drinking helps <laughs> it always does for sure i uh, i've found myself to be like a a pretty hopeless romantic like i buy into that whole maybe there's a soulmate out there maybe there's not maybe i'll meet them etc kind of thing but like i would say I'm, I'm more optimistic on like things working out long term with the person that i'm supposed to end up being with um mm-hmm. i don't know if that's like just super naive of me or like again hopeless romantic of me but do you share any of those sentiments like what are your feelings on like soulmates and and the giant big l word um I mean, yeah, I think people definitely have soulmates. I've met people who their significant other. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely your soulmate. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're not all meant to meet them in this lifetime. I'm not sure, but um, I definitely think they're out there. Um, but I mean, have I met mine yet? Definitely not. I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean, I've met guys where I've had serious relationships or in love and all that stuff. But um, you know, like the soulmate, I don't think I've met him yet. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I would have to agree. Obviously, I'm in the same boat. Um, I don't know how old you are. You don't have to tell me your age. Do you find that dating is easier or harder as you get older? And what about it do you think makes it harder? I answered the question. For mm. you <laughs> um, oh, let me think. Uh, easier or harder? Um, I'd say both. Easier because you kind of know what you want and you're just not going to tolerate nonsense. Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes weeding it out easier. Mm-hmm. Harder because people have more baggage. No, oh, yeah. And um, people are more set in their ways, and the dating pool shrinks as you get older. Um, so, well, I, you know, I don't know. It feels like it does, but with all the people getting divorced, maybe <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. It opens so up I'm again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know. But you know, but you also generally will then have to deal with like that baggage of being divorced and all that stuff. So. I don't know in certain ways easier and in certain ways harder um it definitely felt more fun when i was younger oh yeah yeah but yeah because like, you kind of just didn't care we had more energy too so it's like we had more appetite to do more fun things later and and more often than now yeah <laughs> right exactly so yeah i think it just depends yeah it's, it, it is like I feel like finding meaningful connection is a little bit more difficult. Finding a connection is not. So like if you, you, right. you know, you go out with enough people, you have enough dates, you talk to enough people, you have enough things in common, you can build some sort of a relationship. But I just haven't found that like blow me away kind of situation yet. And like, that's okay. I'm in by no means a rush, but it is in that regard, really great. And also, you know, kind of tiring yeah it can definitely get kind of tiring because well because it's just tiring i guess (laughs) yeah for sure definitely um i i found like a lot of my life was always like super forecasted out for me so like you know go to college get a good job you know white picket fence hauling yards like you're always like where are you going to be in five years five years five years which i think is like a pretty tragic way to live and i'm glad that i've kind of broken that mold for myself in the last couple of years I'm, I'm being much more intentional about like living in the present um what what do you like do in terms of like goal setting and career setting and life setting for yourself uh now versus like maybe when you're in your 20s or if you're still in your 20s whatever you know what i'm saying like you know younger you versus like current rachel um I'll be honest, I'm not like the most like Excel spreadsheet organized kind of person. So I don't like I don't really I mean, I don't really think of it or do that kind of stuff. I I will usually have like more like a list of mm-hmm. things like I want to accomplish like in life. Um but um but they're usually things that are like really big, like you know, doing a TED talk or something like that. That'd be cool. Um that'd be really yeah, it would be really cool. Um but, you know, I don't get super granular and like, like some people really are like into making the whole list and like, how am I going to get there? And, and I don't really do that. Mm-hmm. I, find, I, 
I've tried to, and I find that I'm wasting more time, like sitting there and writing all of it down and getting into it. And then I'm like, okay, well, what was just, the point of that? <laughs> yeah. I just spent all this time and I'm not really sure what, what I changed or what happened that to make me get there. I kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little better at just kind of like thinking about it and putting it out there and making like my mental energy focus on it mm-hmm. rather than me, like actually physically trying to like get it done. Does that make sense? That does make sense. That's cool. Um, do you have siblings? I do. Are, I have one. Old, older, younger? Younger. Okay. So I've got a younger brother who's been with his now wife since they were in high school. My sister's engaged. She's going to get married in January. And basically the entirety of my friendship roster is married with children. So I'm like this one like outlier that is in Mm -hmm. a completely different place from everybody else that I know in life. And it's weird when you have this kind of point in time where you no longer can relate with the people that you've spent the vast majority of your life experiences with. Um, And I don't know if it's a similar situation for you. I just kind of assumed it to be like a commonality amongst people once they reach a certain age. Um, What do you do about like, you know, putting time and thought into like your future and like where you're going to be down the road and more from a personal perspective, not from like, uh, you know, a work lens? Um, From a personal perspective, um, I mostly think about like how I want to travel Oh yeah. As, Remember travel? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I actually did do a few, a couple trips this year. Um, I was like, I'm vaccinated. So I felt pretty good about it. And I was like, I'm ready to go with my life. And actually um, so many places are really careful and about, you know, that about COVID. So it felt mm-hmm. pretty safe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mostly think about traveling and maybe trying to, be by coastal or something like that would be amazing one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mostly, to be honest, think about that. And then maybe like, you know, I have friends that are kind of scattered all over the world. So, you know, I kind of think about like hanging out with my friends and like having this global community because I've lived so many different places and I've like done a bunch of stuff and I've traveled around Europe a lot. So um, I've kind of amassed people all over. So um yeah, I kind of think about that, like, oh, like, I can't wait to see my friend in, like, London and, like, you know, stuff like that. I kind of mostly think about having fun, to be honest. Yeah, well, we lacked so much of that over the last... <laughs> I know, I mean, this past few years have been brutal. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool because, like, you're, you've reached sort of a point in your life where you're building this cool brand, you're doing this cool stuff, and then, like, you have, like, the freedom to kind of do whatever you want. Um, with that, like, ability to kind of, you know shape your life in whatever you know way you see um what does that like feel like for you because i know for me like i i feel simultaneously thrilled at the prospect of me living my dream on a daily basis and then also simultaneously petrified of the fact that like this could disappear all at once i could fail miserably etc Yeah, that's a real fear. I think a lot of people have that. I have definitely had that feeling of like, um, what if it all disappears? And I think because like the buck stops with me, there's definitely been that feeling of like, what if it was all a fluke? What if like, 
I've exhausted my customer base. And like, mm. th these are all the people that will ever be, ever be customers and there won't ever be any more. Oh, interesting. Is, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, and it's kind of, it's totally irrational when you think about it. Um, but I've definitely had those fears and it's actually something that I have <clears throat> actively tried to get rid of because mm -hmm. I feel like that was starting to manifest in my life. And once I realized that I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm bringing into act like into my life, what I'm fearing because everything was fine. And then I started kind of like, feeling, like, Oh no, this is too good. It's <laughs> too good. You know? And so yeah. like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And um, yeah, I got a few like, like random weird stuff started to happen. And I was like, okay, something's not right here. Something is really off. So um, yeah, I've been working on not doing that That's, anymore. Yeah. I, Believing I'll be successful. Yeah. it's it, So it's like the, there's obviously a dramatic difference between the fact that you're selling actual products and I'm sort of just selling myself and my <laughs> services. But at the end of the day, like it is still single, uh, you know, person in charge and, and making these things happen. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's just such a weird you know, it's, I, I hate to say that, like, I've learned so much from the person that I had on my podcast, well, on, on that drop today, about, like, the subconscious mind and, like, how, like, my positive mental outlook can beget, like, positivity and positive, mm -hmm. you know, events to transpire. And I'm like, are, mm -hmm. are these things happening because I believe they're going to happen or are they happening because I'm putting a fuckload of work into it? And it, I just find it to be, like, this wonderful little happy accident sort of situation where it's could be both like it's could hard work and positivity um so i think i gotta start warping that mindset a little bit more towards like relationships and then maybe i won't be single next year <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah i think i mean yeah there you know there's people who think like who always believe they're going to be in a relationship yeah like, like they just think that and then they always are you know so um yeah, I think like, I don't think that. And maybe yeah. that's why I'm single. That's very interesting. Yeah, I had an ex who was like, I, he said something like, oh, he had bought tickets for a concert. And I was like, oh, you bought tickets, but like, you didn't know, like, who you were going to take. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm always dating. Like, I always have a girlfriend. So I knew I'd have somebody. And I was like, I just remember being like, really? <laughs> like, it just like. Yeah. Oh, like you just shelled out, like they weren't cheap tickets. Like they were, I think they were like $200 a piece, yeah. but I was just kind of like, just knowing like, oh, I'm going to have a girlfriend so I can go ahead and buy these tickets. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's like a level of belief that I've never had. And I yeah. just found it really, and you know what? He's always had a, he's always had somebody. Um, and whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but he I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he believed it. And so I, you know, he seemed to make it happen. So I just thought, huh, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to be said for like Positivity, believing. Yeah. I mean, even the writing thing, it's like me, I didn't believe I couldn't do it. So I did it, you know, I didn't mm. really think like, oh, there's no way I'm going to like get into Cosmo. Like I just was like, whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll just email the editor. So, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that's fucking cool. And it's like, I'm constantly amazed by opportunities that come my way with time, like having this conversation with you, like working with magazines, like all these amazingly cool things that are happening in my life. I'm constantly amazed by that. I can't say that I like, I believe it was going to happen. I do have a rational confidence in myself, but I don't necessarily know that that like transpires or, you know, or transforms it into becoming reality. Um, so it is, it is like this interesting duality of, of life. Um, from a, from a dating perspective, I've found that, I don't know, 95% of like instances of gaslighting are male dominated, but Mm -hmm. I did recently have a person I was seeing who like gaslit the shit out of me and I was Mm -hmm. floored by it because like, yeah, I mean, in my twenties, I was super, super guilty of gaslighting and like just being an all around, not like, not, I don't want to say not honest because I didn't lie, but not um, not expressive of like feelings, right? So like I would be mm-hmm. honest about like whether I was looking for a relationship or not looking for a relationship, but I would never get to the point of like being like, hey, I really like you. I care about you. I would just like be super reserved with those feelings. And then I got like pretty gaslit and blown up recently in the last, you know, five, six months. And I felt like it was like kind of disappointing that uh, you know, I get that experience in my mid thirties. I kind of thought I was beyond that. Um, Mm -hmm. what's your personal experience with gaslighting and do you have any, I don't want to say tips or tricks or just like some sort of, you know, way to feel out a person in terms of their, um, intentions being, you know, intentional or not. Boy, that was butchered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, my experience with gaslighting, that's what you're asking me. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been gaslit before. I think everybody has at some point. Um, it does seem like it mostly comes from guys. I'm not, I'm not sure why, but, um, emotional baggage is my guess, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I I mean, yeah, there, there was a guy that, um, told me, chased me down and told me he wanted to be in a relationship, um, and I responded by being like, because we had like, he, he just was never stepping up to the plate. So I was just like, well, we're just going to be friends in that case because you're mm-hmm. not, you know, you're all over the place. So we were friends. Um, I mean, quote unquote, we were friends. Like there was always an underlying tension, but we were friends. We weren't mm-hmm. doing anything. And he um, sat me down and was like, well, he kept trying to like make something happen. He finally sat me down. I was like, I have to tell you something. I have feelings for you. Like, I always have, and I don't know what my problem is, but like, I think we should date and I want to be in a relationship, this whole spiel. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, finally, he's admitting it. <laughs> and then, um, and then I responded by being like, all right, well, if we're going to do that, you're going to need to be emotionally available. You're going to need to like, talk about your feelings. You're going to need to be like, you're going to need to be reliable. Like, like, don't, make plans and then tell me you're going to be like an hour late or something Mm -hmm. like once is one thing, but like, or like change the plans. I'm like, you know, that was one thing when I didn't take you seriously, but if you want to be in a relationship, like blah, blah, all these things need to be in place. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a huge ask. Um, and right after I said that he was like, never mind. He, he, he pretend he totally backpedaled and then pretended that he never said he wanted to be in a relationship. Jesus. (laughs) What? I was like, wait, hold on. No, you literally just said that. Wow. Because if you hadn't said that, 
we that wouldn't I be having this conversation. Oh my goodness. Right. You sat me down. Like we're sitting on my sofa. Like we were outside doing other, like doing other stuff. And he was like, no, we need to go in and I need to talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was like, wow. So I was so pissed. I was like, you know what? Just leave. <laughs> Just that, I mean, away. that is, that's something that is. It was definitely something. It was just so. I don't even have. So I don't even react to that. I, uh, I I think because I was so poor at expressing my emotions and the things that I was feeling, like at a younger age, and it all stemmed from probably one relationship where I got cheated on, and then like becoming super guarded of getting hurt again, that I like wouldn't let out the things that I was like thinking or feeling. And like, that's also very transparent when you're with someone, right? Like they know when you're holding back because you're afraid to get hurt or they know you're not putting yourself fully out there and making yourself emotionally available. But I've gotten mm. really good lately, like in the last couple of years of just being like unapologetically honest about the things that I'm thinking and feeling. And it's been like scary, but also like super freeing to be a little, you know, I'm not like 10 for 10 fully emotionally available i'm like seven and a half right which is pretty good okay. for for a man i think and yeah. it's been really great because in in like the last two instances the last two people that i've dated like when i've been kind of stepped up to the plate and i was like listen i have this level of feelings for you i would like to do xyz i would like to be exclusive or like whatever it was and it was not reciprocated it was very easy for me to kind of move on and like cut the cord. Like there was mm -hmm. no, there's no longer that like lingering, well, I can change their mind kind of thing that I had in my twenties. It was very much like, okay, I know who I am. I'm super comfortable in who I am. And it's like deleted the number, you know, unfollowed on Instagram. It's just like clean cut right away. And it's become like this super cathartic, like therapeutic act that like, I don't even mm -hmm. think about these people anymore. It's like, been really great um do you do anything similar like that when you someone you're seeing it doesn't work out with i mean i guess i just don't care as much anymore <laughs> so i mean to what to your point i just am like like with that guy i was that's crazy because nothing happened right i mean i was just telling him how he needed to be or requesting or just saying what i needed and that was apparently a lot so um, wild. Yeah, I don't. I just. I guess I get that. I get bummed out, of course, because I'm human. But at the same time, I'm not like taking it personally or thinking like, "Oh, it's my fault," or just kind of like, "Well, you obviously have some things you need to work on." Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, for sure. My my thing is yeah. more so, like you said, not taking it personally. It's like great life lesson, great learning point. Like I was able to learn that whatever it was about this person wasn't right for me and I wasn't right for them. And it's like, you start realizing, I mean, at least I've gotten to the point where I realize it's not me anymore. Like I, you know, I say to my girlfriend, girl that are friends all the time. I was like, you know, I wish I was fucking horrible in bed. I wish I was a piece of shit. I wish I was an asshole. I wish I was like this shit bag of a human being. And I'd be like, Oh, John, you're an asshole. You suck in bed. This is why you're single, but it's none of those things. And then you just got to start realizing like, you know, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. You'll meet a person, it'll be great, and it, you just stop worrying about why you are or aren't single. Right, exactly. Which so, is a lot easier said yeah. than done. <laughs> it easier said than done. But yeah, I think I'm just at a point of like, oh, you know, whatever. 
whatever happens happens i'm I'm super in, kind of in the same boat it's like if it's meant to be it'll be i'm not going to chase that anymore it's like very freeing i wish 25 year old john could have learned some of 35 year old john's life lessons i don't know that i would have mm-hmm. been able to like heed that advice at that age you know i was probably too busy getting drunk and going to the club like i probably wouldn't have been able to learn those lessons but it still would have been nice to like maybe have a little modicum of that (laughs) of those lessons like in my back pocket just in case right yeah i know it's like what it could have should have but you know i guess you only know what you know right yeah i like that you only know what you know what's like the best piece of dating advice someone's given you and like the best piece of dating advice that you have? Um, <laughs> I actually always think of a meme. I can't really think of any real advice. <laughs> um, well, you know what? There's two, but, but they're not mine. They're all from like TV. And one is the sex in the city one, uh, the, you know, that he's just not that in you, that mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Um, and there's variations of that, but it's kind of like, if you're confused about someone, how someone feels about you, then that's your answer. Then they don't, they don't really, then they're not that into you. Like if someone's really into you, you'll know. Oh yeah. It's just that obvious. Like you don't really need to like, I feel like it's super, it should be super easy for a girl to know that like guys are very, very transparent. They're super clear with their intentions. Like if they're into you, they're going to be into you. I think women play a little bit more coy and like, sure. I'm sure there's guys out there who are just like gaslighting assholes and not really like honest about what they think or feel. But for the most part, if he's into you, he's going to be all about it. It's going to be, I'm going to be calling you. I'm going to be texting you. I'm going to be asking you out three times a week. It's not Mm -hmm. like I'm going to like leave anything up to, to guessing. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's like a big one. Um, and there's, well, there's this Beyonce, there's a line from a Destiny's Child song and I saw it and it was like, someone was like, what's the best dating advice you ever got? And it was like, ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets are full. And I just thought it was so funny that that was like the dating advice. Cause I was like, yeah, you know what? If the guy sucks, like there's other ones out there. And I know it's silly, but like it just made me laugh. It made me laugh. I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't know. I mean, I gotta be honest. You just ruined, situation. You just ruined me. That song is gonna be stuck in my head now. I'm like literally singing it in my head as we're conversing right song, now. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's okay. But I don't know. I don't think there's um. I don't think there's one size fits all because everyone is different. Actually, you know what? My friend gave me some really good advice, but it's more about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her husband have been together um, for a very long time and they're still really happy, like happier than any other couple I've seen. Like, they still actually seem to really be into each other mm-hmm. um, despite like having, you know, grown children and stuff like that. Um, and Someone like people have been like, oh, what's the secret? And she's like, I fuck my husband every day. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like every she didn't even work. God bless. Yeah, she said she said every day. And he's he has confirmed that. So um I was like, huh. So that's actually pretty good advice. That is pretty good even, advice. Even even when they had little kids. Jesus, God bless them. I mean Yeah. That, so I thought that was pretty impressive. I don't know any of my friends. I mean, I've never asked if they have sex with their, you know, spouses every day. I, I don't know. Every, every day that that's. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I haven't asked any of my friends and I don't think 
they're not the type to tell me, but, um, and I also don't really want to know, but, um, yeah, fair. I was like, that explains a lot because they're very happily married. Yeah. I mean, the only problem I have with that is like, you know, what percentage of like the physical aspect of the relationship makes up like everything else. Like that's like so much sex. Yeah, but they've been together a long time. So like if, if it was just physical, it would have fizzled out at this point. I mean, yeah, um, that's incredible. I mean, wow. I guess sort of hashtag goals. I'm not really sure. That's that's a tricky one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd say hashtag goals. I mean, like, it's not like she goes out of town sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, it's not like know, literally every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's not going to be, like, literally. But I think when they're together, together then, yeah. yes. That's cool. And then, like, that like also affords the opportunity to have, like, like a fun game about it. Like, yeah, I could see how that could be like relationship strengthening. That's, that's pretty cool. From, yeah, I think so. From, I mean, sorry. Uh, from a fr- relationship perspective, like I think my biggest fear is like, at least at 35 and a half, you know, three quarters, 90%. I'm, I'm so fucking old. Um, my biggest fear at this point is like not finding someone. And, it's it seems at times super irrational because like I'm going on dates all the time now, you know, especially now that COVID's kind of whatever it is doing, but like, you know, the ability to go out and meet people is getting better. Um, mm-hmm. But like the conversations, the interactions are all more or less different shades of the same gray. Like, yeah, I'm super interested in learning for the 5,000th time what someone's favorite movie is, but like it it has started to become this like little nagging voice in the back of my head that like all right, maybe maybe I'm not going to meet someone. Do you have that kind of doubt ever? Um yeah, I have thought that like okay, maybe I'm not meant to meet somebody. Yeah. Um which is kind of a bummer to think about it that yeah. way. But I mean, it's definitely crossed my mind. Um, but then I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess if that's the case, then Fuck I guess it. I should just be Samantha Jones. I don't yeah. know. Oh, like, she know. had a great life. No problem with great, that. She had a great life. She seemed to enjoy it more than the other three girls. So I was yeah. like, well, maybe that's not so bad. Thought, um, yeah. that's, you know, I, Stevie Nicks is one of the greatest, uh, you know, rockers of all time. And she's single. Like, I don't know. I'm like, well. Her life seems pretty good. Yeah. So um, I just kind of try to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've gotten to the point where like being super comfortable being alone was not something that I was very good at for a while. And I've gotten to the point where like, yeah, okay, I can sit in my own thoughts. I can be alone and not think about the fact that, oh my God, I'm fucking single. What the hell? You know what I mean? It's not like a, that there's, there's not that voice is not there anymore. So I'm comfortable being alone. It's just would be nice to have someone for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I like to spend the last bit of every podcast just doing a little random, you know, Q&A, little rapid fire. Spend as much time or as little time as you want on these questions. They're, some are super easy. Some are, you know, a little bit heavy. But my first mm-hmm. question for you is, what is your favorite book? Hmm. Favorite book? I feel like I have a few. So I'm like, no. That's okay. You could pick a couple. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm like, which one is my favorite? Um, I'm like, I, well, I'm going to say the four agreements just like as a life 
thing. I mean, I think everyone should read that book. Okay. Um, and then White Tiger is a really good, like, dark fiction book. There was mm-hmm. that movie on Netflix. Um, yeah, I guess I'd say White Tiger is my favorite book as far as, like, fiction. And then The Four Agreements as far as, like... I like The Four Agreements know, better, as well. Bettering Your Life. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, what's your favorite movie? Um, Legally Blonde. <laughs> the first one... Uh, the first one is a classic. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, favorite food. Um, hmm. That's kind of hard because I like a lot of food. Um, Give me a couple. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna say Indian food in general. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship, and it's it goes without the necessity to explain why. <laughs> Do you believe okay. in? <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. I have acid reflux, so yeah. Just yeah. It's delicious. And then I'll pay for it when I try to sleep that night. Um, right. <laughs> do you believe in an afterlife? Um, yes. I like that. Um, it's funny. I expected to ask I ask that question every time and I'm astonished at like it's eighty twenty in people who think there is one. And that gives me a little bit of a little bit of hope for humanity. Um what are you most proud of to date? Um, I'd say all of my accomplishments. I don't think, um, they were easy to come by. And, uh, you know, when I'm feeling kind of like, well, about stuff, I kind of remind myself, like most people haven't done a fraction of what you've done. So that's that's kind of what I tell myself. That's awesome. What's your biggest regret? Um, not dumping more guys (laughs) (laughs) like sooner, I guess. Yeah, uh, like not wasting. I should have. I shouldn't have wasted as much time as as I did. Yeah, what do they say? Like trying to turn a frog into a prince or some shit like that. It's like no. Yeah, can't do that. Yeah, Uh, I wish I just kind of left when I saw the first red flag. Yeah, ah, I love red flags. They're so nice. (laughs) What (laughs) there's something. Yeah. (laughs) What gives you confidence? Um, gives me confidence. Um. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it would go back to again, like, um, all the stuff that I've done mm-hmm. that I just kind of like when I take a, when I take a step back from it and look at it from an outside point of view and not the fact that I'm living through it, I'm like, I've done a lot of stuff. Like yeah, I, you know, I'm a bad, I've kind of killed the game a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know, I've traveled around the world by myself. I've done like all kinds of stuff. And so I'm like, pretty cool yeah that is that's awesome what's your biggest dream um probably get a book published fuck yeah Mm -hmm. you should yeah you should do that yeah i i I want to yeah (laughs) what inspires you um i think making people laugh like with the writing and stationery is probably the biggest thing Mm -hmm. um that kind of motivates me and I'll get like messages or, you know, comments on social about like, Oh my God, this totally made me laugh. Or like I gave this to my husband or my friend and they were like cackling or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I get heavy ones that are like the heaviest one I ever got was um, my, my friend's husband is dying of cancer and I gave her this card and for like a minute, she actually managed to laugh. 
And I was like, oh my God. I was like, wow. I mean, it made me tear up. I was like, I can't believe my card did that. So I thought, so stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Um, if they're not paying your rent, don't listen to them. Whoa, that is, yeah. that is really good. That is really, really good. Yeah. I, you know, I think actually RuPaul said that, but I've heard other, yeah, I, well, I don't know who the original person is that said it, but I've heard people like people say it to me. And then I, I remember I also heard RuPaul say that. So I don't know who to give credit to, but Ooh, um, I, I like that a lot. That's a good one. Yeah, it's true. It's like, why do I care what you think? Yeah. That is so good. All right. Last question. What's one recommendation for something that you've recently consumed? Could be a book, a podcast, movie, a TV show, just something that you've recently watched or or just, you know, consumed that you liked and enjoyed and you would like everyone to take a listen to or watch. Hmm. Uh, I actually just started watching um, The Shrink Next Door. Oh, I heard it's so good. It's so good. And I think it's like, it's just so fascinating how um, seeing how people get manipulated. And I think that you can watch the show, see what that guy's doing and apply that to so many situations and Mm -hmm. people in your life and go, Oh, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It's based on a true story, right? Yeah. So fucking. Yeah. It's wild. I've been waiting for it to come out. There's like been four or five episodes out, I think. Uh, yeah, there's been, I think, I think there's six episodes. I think there's eight total. And I think there's like six of them up. Yeah. I'm going to start binging them. Uh, cause one of my good friends told me it was so psychologically fucked up and, and, uh, Rudd and, uh, Farrell are just so good in it. So I'm, I'm definitely going to yeah. dive into that as well. Um, yeah. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I had so much fun talking to you. You're such a cool fucking person and I'm super appreciative that you, uh, chose to spend this hour with me and I really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too.